greet you saints this morning in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, that is our inheritance. To be like Jesus. The Bible calls us joint heirs with him. It's indeed, the Bible says we should not think it robbery to be equal with God. That's got to be all of our desires to be like Jesus. We're trusting in him this morning that the only way to be like Jesus is to receive the word because Jesus was the word made flesh. So we have to receive the way to be like Jesus. By God's grace this morning, by God's grace this morning, we believe that we will not receive a sermon, we will not receive some words of wisdom from a man, but we receive the word of God this morning. Whilst we are still standing before we say much, let us open the word of God. Let's start in the book of Job chapter 38. And we'll read from verse 1 to 7. So, full of verse 1. So, Peter, verse 7. And we'll go to the book of Galatians and the book of Ephesians. So, you know what in Abbas Galatia, in the sea, and I say what in Abbas Ephes. Job chapter 38, from verse 1 to 7, the Bible says, What in that job is a four to the eighty, if it's Pelility. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkened counsel by the words without knowledge? Get up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Amen. Amen. And let us open the book of Galatians chapter 4. And we will read from verse 4 to verse 6. So from verse 4, so Peter verse 6. And maybe let us start from verse 1 actually. The Bible says, Now I say, that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them, them that were under the law, that we, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Our Amen. last scripture, uh, let's read the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Um, and and maybe we'll read two verses, we'll read verse 4 and verse 11. So from the verse four, no verse eleven. Uh, no verse four, five, and eleven. Four, five, no eleven. The Bible says, "According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, 
that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Amen. Let us just bow our heads in prayer. Most gracious, blessed, loving, heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, once again this morning, we come to you, Heavenly Father, upon the basis of your promises. Amen. You said in your word, Lord, if two or three gather in my name, I will be in their midst. This morning again, Father, we are gathered in no other name but the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we believe, therefore, that you are here in our midst and you have something to say to us. Mm. Blessed Lord, and we know the method that you always use to speak to us mm. is that, Father, you take an earthen vessel. Amen. And you step into it, blessed Lord. Yes. This morning again, Father, I sure have nothing to say to your children. Mm. Blessed Lord, my desire is that you would come down in your own very, very special way mm. and say something that will be of benefit to all of us. Amen. Pray your special blessing upon the church, blessed Lord, this morning, upon the pastor, Heavenly Father. Lord, that you have put them here indeed as a lighthouse. Mm. You've put them here, Lord, as a token of your presence here on earth. Lord God, knowing that soon and very soon we know by your word that this place will be a storehouse. Mm. But Father, we know that that is the promise, the sure promise of our departure out of this earth, O oh God. Amen. And Lord God, until then, may they stay faithful to this word of life that you've sent in the hour that you are living in. We commit the reading of your word, Father, that you, you're so specially anointed again this morning as you open it to our souls. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Amen. May God bless you. You may be seated. It's indeed again a, a privilege this morning to, to be together in fellowship with saints of like precious faith. And we are just trusting in the Lord again this morning that he will say something that will be a blessing to us. And uh, the Lord being gracious to us uh, would like to continue on the little thought that we started when we were together the last time when we were talking about the manifested attributes of God. And the Lord helping us would like to continue on that. There's a quotation here. Uh, I just want to read one or two quotations uh, as we lay the, the carpet. And uh, you know, there's something that the prophet says in the things that are to be. You know, I always believe as a child of God that you must find yourself in the word of God. This, this word of God is for us. 
and you must find yourself in it. Uh, you must find something that is an anchor for your soul. And when you, when you read something in the word, you identify with it. And uh, there is something that uh, blessed me here, uh, uh, which I believe uh, is an encouragement, especially to the men of God, the pastor here. Because the, the, the prophet says, and this, this was preached in December 1965, as he was just about to leave the scene. And uh, he says uh, here, and the inspiration is given to young men like your pastor here. He says, I'm beginning to get old. And I know that my days are numbered. And know that these young men can take this message and sip it on to the coming of the Lord. If he does not come in my time. And I believe that is the faithful service of your pastor this morning. Take this message of the hour and sip it on to the coming of the Lord. And we, I believe we are just on the brink of it. As Pastor Madiba always says, the two dimensions are now hitting again each other. As we are about to break into the other one. And I also believe that the, the message that God has sent in the hour that we are living in is not a doctrinal message. It's not for us to have wonderful debates, doctrinal debates about the message. But I believe that it's a life-giving message. I believe it's a life-changing message. This message must make a difference in our lives. And the prophet says something here in the, in the question and answers on Hebrews. Part 3. Part three. Paragraph 633. Three. He says, uh, the, the, he quotes the scripture. All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. And, and the Bible says, and you believe it's in the book of Matthew chapter 18 verse 18. Matthew 1818. 18, 18. Says, Whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. What you lose on earth, I will lose in heaven. And the important thing to note that the Bible says what you bind. So he begs what you do. Because the Bible also says in the book of Mark chapter 11, whatsoever you say, it's not what he says, it's what you say. He say. The Bible says if you don't doubt it in your heart, it will come to pass. What you say. So the Bible also says what you bind, I will bind. So the, the, the 
promise of the Lord Jesus Christ is to back you. And we'll see now why he backs you. He says, so what you bind on, in, on earth, I will bind. So he says, uh, if the great holy church only realized its power to these things. So, but there's so much doubt and fear and trembling. We wonder if it will happen. Says, as long as there is that doubt, as long as you're still not sure whether or not what you say will come to pass, says the church cannot stand upright. To, to stand upright as the church is to believe the power to do this thing. Says when every talk of fear is vanished and the Holy Spirit is in complete control of the church and all fear is gone. You know, and if you notice in the Bible many times when an angel of the Lord will visit a prophet for example the first word will be fear not. Because God knows that the greatest weapon of the enemy is fear. Because all the promises we have been given is for us to exercise those promises to exercise the power that God has bestowed upon us. But there is so much fear and trembling. But when the Holy Spirit takes complete control, it takes fear away. Says when why they have everything that heaven owns behind them. That's why he can say what you lose I will lose. What you bind I will bind. I am backing you because everything that heaven owns is behind you. And and he says they are ambassadors of the throne. An ambassador is a very powerful position. When, when you have an ambassador when you are an ambassador you have authority if you are in another country representing your country what you do they don't say it's you doing it they blame your country you are your, your country's representative in fact uh, I always give this example and the, the man is still there uh, in England the man who started the WikiLeaks, there's a thing called, he's called Jonathan. This man uh, uh, ran away from the law in England. Because he's, he's been releasing some secrets of the different countries. And now these powerful countries want to arrest him. And all he had to do was to run into an embassy. And he still has been there for more than two years. And there is nothing that England can do. Because when he's in that embassy, he's no longer in England. He's in another country completely. That is the power of an ambassador. When you are here on earth, you are not of earth. 
You are of heaven. All that you do, you are representing heaven. And when you say something, heaven backs what you say. Because you are an ambassador of the heaven. And so that's why he says, if the church could only realize the power that it has, being an ambassador of heaven, being a representative of heaven. And he says, uh, um, the whole powers of heaven is right in your hands. And he says, why do we sit and the church is barren then? Why, why do we sit dominant? He says, it's because we don't recognize these things. And you know, to, to recognize is something that you actually know. No, you don't recognize something that you don't know. No, recognition is, oh, is that so? You, 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 you remember or, or it's something that you've seen before. Then you recognize it. And that is the position that we are as God's children. As these manifested attributes of God. Is that we were somewhere before we came on this earth. And, and, and we, where we were, we were a part of the way. And, and that's why when the word of God comes, we can recognize our position in the word. Because it's something that we are. We, we can trace ourselves back to where we come from. And when that's that's what the, 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 the preaching of the word does is to remove the scales from our eyes so that we may recognize who we are. Is to remove the spiritual amnesia taking us into familiar places. And, and our familiar places is the word of God. Because we are part of the word of God. We, we are expressed from the word of God. We are processed from the word of God. As manifested attributes of God. And uh, we read this quotation the last time we were together. Which is where we got our message from. Again, the spoken word, things that are to be. Paragraph 32. Paragraph 32. It says... Now, the only way you can be a son or daughter of God is to have eternal life. That, so, you cannot call yourself a son or daughter of God if you don't have eternal life. And there's only one form of eternal life and that's God. And eternal life is God. So when you have eternal life, it means you have God in you. And that's why you can call yourself a son or daughter of God. Because you have a representation of God in you. He says to be a son of God, you had to be in him always. So, so you, you don't join 
join church. You don't join the body of Christ. You were always in the body of Christ. You were allotted to be expressed in the hour that you are living in. So as the prophet calls it the great drama of God. So in his great drama, there's a part that you play. And your sin was to appear in this age. But you were always in the drama. When, when, the, when, the, when the author scripted the drama, your name was included there. That is the part that you are going to play. And you were just backstage when I was waiting for the curtains to open for you to be expressed. For you to be in this drama, you must have been there before. You must have been in the mind of the writer of the drama. He must have had a part for you in his mind. And you are here only expressing what was in his mind. So that's why you had to be in him always. The gene of your spiritual life was was in God before there was even a molecule on earth. And so what you are, you are a manifestation of the gene of the life that was in God. So that's that's your role here on earth is to manifest the a spiritual gene of God's life as a son or daughter of God. He says you are expressed when the word of God comes into you. Because, you know, the word only comes to the word. The word only comes to the way. Because it's a great magnet of the word of God. Which can only be connected to another part which is the word in you. And in, in preaching the word of God. It is preached to everybody. But it is not received by everybody. There, there are those who are predestinated to receive it by the foreknowledge of God. You know, the prophet sometimes says predestination is a bad word. Because Sometimes it's misused. But if you go to the book of Romans chapter 8, destination is by foreknowledge. And foreknowledge comes because God is omnipotent. Because he's omniscient. And that makes him omnipresent. And that makes him able to predestinate. Because God is not limited by time. God is not limited by, by location. God is everywhere, every time. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 14, I believe it is. Chapter 3, verse 14. The Bible says, that which is to come has already been. 
So there's nothing new that which is to come has already been because in God there is no time and there is no location and, and that is not because and the prophet says that doesn't mean God is everywhere physically so you can find him underneath this light under the chair that's, that's not what omnipresence means omnipresence means because he knows everything there is nothing that happens without him knowing that's what omnipresence means it's not that uh, you can find him under the desk but he's omnipresent he knows what is under the desk if there's a small little end underneath the table the he knows it's there. And he can see it when it moves. Because he's an omniscient God. And that is how he predestinated. By foreknowledge. He knew who would receive the word. Because he gives us choice. He call, the prophet calls it free moral agency. Everyone is allowed to either receive the word or not receive the word. But knows who will receive the word and who will not receive the word. By his foreknowledge. So um, he says here you are sitting here tonight because your duty is to express God to this nation people and to this neighborhood where you associate. I, I, when I read this, I always see it as a great responsibility that your duty is to express God. Is to represent God. So whatever you do, the question you must ask yourself, am I representing God well? Am I a good representative of heaven? Because God knew that you would be here because you are one of his genes. And when the word fell upon you, it was expressed in a being. As long as it's in this written form, uh, anyone can read it. Some can study it all the way to PhD. Believe that they understand it better than the next person. So that's when it's just the written way. But what we are to be is to be expressors of this word. We, we must be the expressed way. Because the Bible says you are written epistles read of all men. And you know what that means is that you are epistles that were once written. But now are read of all men. And how do men read these epistles that were once written because this word is now expressed in a being. The, the word has now become 
the living word. Move from the written word to the living word. And you must be that living word. And he says, you were in him when he was here on earth. You suffered with him. And you died with him. You were buried with him. And now you are risen with him. And are manifested attributes of God. So that's, that's who you are. So the word was made flesh. And because you are part of this word, when the word was made flesh here on earth, you were in him here on earth you suffered with him you died with him you were buried with him and now you are risen with him and here you are as the manifested attribute of God positionally placed in the Lord Jesus Christ and if you are that manifested attribute you can only live by the word of God because that's where you come from and we, we, we showed a picture the last time which I would like to project quickly So this this picture that I I, I I love the way the prophet puts it mainly in the spoken word. Who is this Melchizedek? Because he shows us how we condescended from heaven. We ask And so what we want to do is to see ourselves coming down. We born to becoming human beings as we are. Because this body of flesh is what makes us strangers to our heavenly beings. It's, it's what makes a spiritual things feel a little unfamiliar to us. Because we've stepped into a body of flesh which is an interpretation of Satan. We, we came here on earth through the interpretation of Satan as we know. But our real being the real us is that being that condescended from God. And, and let's just leave it there for now and we'll Maybe come back to it. Because the, the, the thing that we must see is that we must see our connection to the, the, our spirit, the spiritual us. Because the spiritual us is what was in God and is now being made manifest here on earth. So we must see how we connect the dots between us, the man, and us, the God. Because what we are, we are God men. That, that's what we are and that's Amen. what the Lord Jesus Christ was he was the God man you know there's a quotation and the prophet says this many times and I always think to myself so there, was a, there was a he says there was a thank you 
there was a, 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 a Christian science sister and so it's a church called Christian Science so she was a member of that church and she challenged the man of God about making Jesus deity he said to him you know, I, I love your ministry. But there's something that you are wrong about. You make Jesus deity. The prophet says he's either he was God or the greatest deceiver that the world ever seen. I will show you, I'll prove to you by your Bible that he was not God. Says, oh, if it is from the Bible, I will believe it. He calls John chapter 11. Says the Bible says when you came to the tomb of Lazarus he wept. How can God weep? The prophet says to him is that your argument? And he says it many times I believe that's what he said to him. He says your argument is weaker than the broth than the broth or soup that was made out of a chicken that was starved to death. <laughs> and this is what he says. And he says, no, no, no. no. Uh, if he stands there weeping, that was the man. But he says, when he, when he, when he stretches forth his chest, and he says, Lazarus, come forth, and death listens to his command, that was God. No, so he was, he was a God man. And, you know, when, he, when, when, when the storms were, were wanting to and the prophet says there were 10,000 demons wanting to drown him when he was in the, in the little boat. See, when he went to the bottom of the boat to sleep, the Bible says he was tired. That was the man. Tired. But when he stood and said, Peace, be still. And the storms had to obey his voice. That was God. When he saw the fig tree, and he was hungry. That was the man. Hungry. So much so that he cursed that tree. And said, No man eat from you anymore. But when the tree died, because he said, No man eat from thee anymore. That was God speaking. He was a God man. And if we are joined as with him, if we are co equal with him, that makes us God man. What we must do, we must not live on the man's side. Amen. Amen. No, that's the problem. We, we become human too much. We must recognize our Godship. Because that's the position that God has given us. As manifested attributes of God, we have 
God in us. We have a part of God in us. The prophet of God says, if I had so much of God in me, until I only had the shadow of God, just the shadow of God, that is enough power to create a new earth. That's what we must recognize. That's what the Bible says. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Because it's not the size of the faith, it's the genuinity of the faith. So is it faith or is it not faith? If it is faith, Though it may be the size of a mustard seed, it can move mountains because it is faith. So if there's so much of God in you, until you only have a shadow of God in you, that is enough to create a new heaven. The prophet of God says the greatest power that a believer has is the word of God. The greatest weapon you have. No. When the devil thinks he has beaten you down to the ground, if you can stretch your hand and reach out to the word of God, he knows he's defeated. Because he says, it is written, defeats the enemy anywhere, anytime, under any circumstance. It's the word of God. No, he says, when the Lord Jesus Christ was tempted by Satan, here was the Son of God, God in flesh, tempted by Satan. He could have spoken him out of existence. He could have used any of the powers that he had. But he gave us a great example. And he just said, it is written. So that's all you have to do. No, I always say, if you go to court you want a lawyer who knows his law you you don't want a lawyer who's not sure about the acts and the case law and all of that because he must convince the judge not by how well he speaks or by some theatrics and this and that no 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 the, the thing must be based on the law. So, so he must know the law. So, and the enemy, Satan, knows the law. So you must know the law better than Satan. So you to defeat it. Because he was quoting the scriptures to say to, to Jesus. He wasn't trying to just convince him. No. He was quoting scriptures to him. So you must know your scriptures better than him. So that when he comes, you can say, but it is written. It is also written. So that we must know our Bible. Back to at manifested attributes of God. In the spoken word, they identified Christ of all ages. He says, but in this great God, Elohim, was attributes. And he says, and if you've got eternal life, you were in God's attributes. Because you've got eternal life, you were in God's thinking. So, 
That's, that's where you trace yourself back to. As an attribute in God. As a gene in God. So you, that's where you must trace yourself back to. To see how you land up here on earth. And he says in the invisible union paragraph, uh, invisible union paragraph 60. He says, and so were you sons and daughters of God. Before there was a moon or stars or anything. He says, you are only the physical manifestation of the attributes that was in God at the beginning. So you here on earth, here now as, as, a, as, a, as lowly man, you are just a physical manifestation of an attribute that was in God. So, so that's what you must always be aware of. Here, as a man, I am a physical manifestation of a part of from the beginning and because the only form of eternal life is God and if you have eternal life you have God in you you are an expressed attribute if you are not if you are not an expressed Attributes. You are not going to be there anyway. So as Christians, when we talk about going to heaven, we are only going back to where we were. We go back to heaven, we go to heaven because we come from heaven. So we came here on earth. The prophet says uh, there was this little hickey called time. Um, prophet, and it was a hickey in the circle of eternity. For you to be expressed here to be tempted. And when, when, when the Lord Jesus Christ came to die, when, when he redeemed that gap by the shedding of the blood, he brought the two strings together again. Reconnected eternity again. We are back in that cycle of eternity because that gap has been redeemed. The gap that be time has been redeemed by the shedding of the blood. And he says, you are made for an eternal purpose. So as you are here on earth, doing what seems to be temporary things, you are made for an eternal purpose. And that eternal purpose is to be the manifestation of an attribute that was in God. And, and the reason God placed you here to be tempted was because there were other attributes in here. To be savior, to be healer, to be redeemer. These were all attributes in God. And he could not ex- 
express those attributes if there was no man who had fallen. He knew that you are playing a drama, a part in a drama. Because we read in the book of Genesis, I believe it's chapter 33, I wasn't going to read it. But you know the story of Judah and Tamar. Where Tamar, the daughter-in-law of Judah, Makoti had to had to play the part of a harlot. Because her father-in-law did not keep his promise. She played the part of a harlot. But she was not a harlot. Because the next day, when the father-in-law came back to the village and asked for a harlot who was sitting at the corner. Just said, no, no, there is no halot here. Where, which corner? There's never a halot there. Because she played the part of a halot. And, and that is the part that we played. We played the part of a sinner. But we were not sinners to begin with. We were always attributes of God. had to be a savior. No, for, for him to be a savior, somebody had to fall. So he had to send down a being that he trusts. That when you fall down here, when he comes, you will come back up again. He, he placed you there to play the part of a sinner. So your eternal purpose is to be a manifestation of an attribute that was in God. A thought expressed. So, so he says, God thought it. Let's, 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 let's read that quote. Uh, uh, if I can get to it quickly, the prophet of God says something really wonderful here. I, I love the way he puts it. Yeah, in who is this Melchizedek, paragraph 50, he says. Who is this Melchizedek, paragraph 50? He says, remember your eyes, your stature, and whatever you are, you were in his thinking at the beginning. And the only thing that you are is the expression. Since after he thought it, he spoke it, and here you are. No, so, after he thought it, as a thought right there, he spoke it as the word, because he says the word is a thought expressed. And here you are. You are a condescension of God's thoughts. And, and, and when we look at your condescension here, and the prophet says, the only difference between you and the Lord Jesus Christ as a man you bypassed your theophany that's the only difference and the reason when God came down in the clouds, there was a constellation of atheophanies. The revelation of the word in this hour 
restores your theophany back to you. Because he says, when you recognize this message to be eagle food, you have heard from your theophany. It means, you as a man, you have no capacity to receive the word. So it takes that theophany to receive the word. You must have heard from your theophany to recognize that this word is eating food. Because the, the man part here has no relationship with God. This is your God part which has been restored back to you in the hour that we are living in. And, and it was been restored by the word coming back to you. So, so he says he thought it he spoke it Wakuluma. here you are there you are as an expression of God's thinking and he also says he saw you he knew you and he predestinated you he must have spoken an invisible union so he, he must have seen you somewhere he must have known you from somewhere and then he predestinated you to this way because the prophet says about the Samaritan woman. Her representation was sent to her from heaven. There was was, was always something that connected her to heaven. As she was walking around the face of there was always a connection with heaven. And, and that was her representation. And that's why when the God of heaven came down on earth, he had to go via that way. Because there was a part of him that went So that representation pulled him to the world and made sure that the disciples go into the village because there was something in her that was a part of him. So he thought it, spoke it, and here you are. So he also says, in the spoken word, Easter seed. Easter seed. But remember, Kubula. again, he says, uh, uh, the state that you are in this morning, if you were not in his thinking, then you are not now. So, God doesn't start thinking about you now. If you were not in his thinking, back there, you are not in his thinking he says for there is a part that's in you that's eternal so there's an eternal part in you and he says eternal only belongs to God so if there's a part in you that's eternal that means there's a part of God in you so you are a part of God and and he says uh, and you can never perish. 
You were in God's thinking before He expressed it into a way. When you see yourself right from the origin, He says, even before he, it became the word here, before the first step of His expression, you were in Him. And then it became flesh. And He says, in spiritual amnesia, paragraph 147. spiritual amnesia, paragraph 147. Says, when I became part of my father, I became all of my father. So when you become part of God, you become God in full. Okay? So when you become part of God, you become God in full. Because he always gives the example that if you take water out of a, in a cup out of the sea, it's got all the elements that are in the rest of the sea. You've got all of the sea so you've got all of God in you as long as you have a part of God let, let, let the Bible say so itself let it not be me uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 and maybe let's start from verse 17 the Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what that's Paul saying to us. You may be filled with all the fullness of God. What a position the bride has this morning. Filled with all the fullness of God. Now, um, maybe let's let's skip a few here. time also so what what makes us receive this word is because we are redeemable okay let's read uh, hebrews uh, the spoken word hebrews uh, chapter one uh, paragraph one to nine paragraph one to nine he says the logos this great fountain this great fountain of spirit which had no beginning nor end this great spirit began to fall in the creation and the logos that went out from it was the son of God it was the visible form it was the only visible form that the spirit had and it was a theophany which means a body and the body was like a man so that's, that's what it is there that 
This great spirit here began to fall into the logos. And he says it's the only when he when he began to take form into this logos, which is called a theophany. He says it was a theophany, which means a body. And the body was like a man. So already when God began to condescend when he began to take shape to take form from because when, when he was in that form as a spirit he filled all time, space and eternity and as human beings we had no way of relating to him so he had to condescend to become a man so that we could have fellowship with him and, and that body was like a man and, and so we are here on earth able to be redeemed because we are redeemable. And what makes us redeemable is our representation in him. And we, we, we read earlier where the prophet says you were in him when he was here on earth. You died with him, you suffered with him, you buried with him. And you know, uh, he says when the reason the bride does not go into the tribulation because she was represented in redemption. Because when he hung on the cross, the bride was in him. And the Bible says in the book of John chapter 19 that what they would do uh, on the, uh, for, for the people that were on the, on the, on the cross so that they could die quickly was to break their legs. And, and especially because it was about to be Sabbath. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says when the, the soldier came to him he found that he had already Gave up, given up the ghost. So he did not break his legs to fulfill the scripture also. The, Bible said, the, the, the scripture had prophesied that none of his bones would be broken. But, but then the soldier was inspired to rather pierce his side. And the Bible says then the water and the blood came out of his side. So, and the spirit, the blood, the water, the blood, and the third invisible element which was the spirit formed the bride. So when that Roman soldier was inspired to pierce his side out of his side came forth the bride. But you died in him when he died you were already in there as, as the bride of Christ and you were already represented in that act 
of redemption. So he says in Christ is revealed in his own way, paragraph 28. He says, now the same thing is this. If you are a son of God, and if I am a son of God, or a daughter of God, we were in God at the beginning. And when Jesus became the fullness of the word, then we were in him. In Gem 4. So we were in him in the form of a seed, in the form of a gene, in the form of a gem. And when he was crucified, we were crucified in his death. When he arose from the dead, we rose with him. So, uh, you know, the, the the power that he has Amanda, is the power that we have Amanda, because we were fully represented in him. All that we, he was, we are. All that he has, we have. In fact, I might have a quotation here. If I, if I, if I have it, uh, otherwise I'll just quote it. Where, where the prophet says then about the bride that she is just an expression of the glory and power that the Lord Jesus Christ has. I'm not going to enough, so let's let's not. So so all that he has, we are. All that he is, we are. Because that's what he's made us. That's the position that he has given us. In who is this Melchizedek, paragraph 64? He says something wonderful here. He talks about, so let's say, he says, now in this stage of his creation, later formed into flesh, Jesus, from what? From the great beginning, the spirit, then came down to the word, bringing itself out. The word doesn't yet make itself. It just spoke out. And morphe, uh, later becomes flesh Jesus. I hope as we're reading here you see those stages there. The, the, great, the, spirit, the great beginning the spirit came down to be the word and the word later becomes flesh Jesus. He says, when he met Abraham he was Melchizedek. He says, he unfolds here what all the attributes will do in the final end. When he comes and, and so what was he as Melchizedek? When he met Abraham as Melchizedek, the Bible teaches the book of Genesis chapter 18, there was a man with dust on his feet who came into the house of Abraham who was fed bread and milk and he had, he had meat also but he, he was God and he could see 
he could see what Sarah was thinking behind him and he could give a promise to Abraham that later came to pass and he says he unfolds here what every attribute in the final end so what was he unfolding he was unfolding God in flesh right there he was showing what every attribute has to do in the final end. Because the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 17 verse 30 as it was so shall it be. And it goes right back to the book of Genesis 18 and as it was back there God was made flesh and went to the house of Abraham as it was so it is now unfolding what every attribute has to be. So that's, that's who we are. That we are unfolding that great attribute of God. As manifested attributes. The same way that he did when he visited the house of Abraham. As a God man. Who could eat flesh like a man. But he was God. Who had the promise for Abraham and his wife. Um, in the spoken word again. Okay, let's 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 jump. Uh, who's this Marquis? And go to blasphemous names. I see names. Paragraph one nine zero. says. Paragraph one nine zero. But God, especially upon Adam, he breathed the breath of eternal life. And Adam became an eternal person with God. He had power like God. He was an amateur God. This is the prophet of God speaking. He was God of the earth. Not the God of heaven, but the God of the earth. And the same day, and in some days, sorry, the sons of God will again become God. I hope you believe that it's not some day with us, that it's this day. So we are fulfilling this scripture today that the sons of God will again become God and have again become God. And because that's what the Bible says. In the book of John chapter 10 verse 34. When, when they wanted to challenge the Lord Jesus Christ. When he said he's the son of God. So the one thing they knew. Was that when he claims to be the son of God. He makes himself equal with God. That's what they knew. So when we claim to be the sons and daughters of God. We're making ourselves equal with God. Because the Lord Jesus Christ then says, He takes them back to Psalm 82. Says, it says so in your own law. That you are God. Those to whom 
the word of God comes, what makes us gods is the word of God in us. So that's why he says, upon Adam, he breathed the, the breath of eternal life, made Adam God, made Adam an amateur God. And a matcha God. And he, 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 gave, he gave Adam the same power that he has. And, 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 and we know the power that Adam has. And he says, someday, the sons of God will again, again become gods. And I believe that it's that someday is today. And he says, did you know that men that are sons of God are matter gods? Because what Adam lost when he fell, he lost his Godship. That's what he lost. The book of Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, 28 makes Adam God. And when he fell, that's what he lost. When God took the book back to himself, the title did book of redemption. The book that gave Adam the right to be God. God took it right back to him. And in the hour that we are living in, Revelation chapter 10, a mighty angel, Christ, comes down with an open Revelation chapter 5, John sees a closed sealed with seven seals. Revelation chapter 10, a mighty angel, Christ, is coming down with an open open book. And that book is the same book that Adam lost. It's the same book that gives us our Godship. because the book, the prophet says, does the name, our names in the book is not the official mark of fire. But the, our names in the book is a revelation. It's a mystery that is a revelation. And when you receive the revelation, you see your name in the book. That is what your name in the book is. The open book, the, the, the book of redemption, the seven sealed book of redemption, the, the, the lamb's book of life, is now an open book. And a mighty heavenly angel came down, gave it to an earthly angel, which is a man to reveal it to us. So we have now received our name the white stone it, it's the same thing. You know, sometimes uh, uh, and maybe uh, not intentionally so. These things uh, sound so complicated. Seven seals. Seven thunders. Pool. White stone. Pyramid. What are all of these things? Pyramid. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's all it says it tells you who you are. And it carries one mystery. The mystery is who are you? The mystery is 
your Godship. The ministry is your manifestation here on earth. Choose your connection back to God. Because the prophet of God says the third pool is the revelation of the word. So that's what it is. The revelation is to show you who you are. That's what that's what revelation must do. Revelation must show you who you are. To give you faith in who you are. Because the Lord Jesus Christ had faith in what the word said about him. That's what gave him power. It's because he had faith in what the word said about him. All of these scriptures and quotations that we read here are telling you about you. So, for you to overcome the enemy, have faith in what the word says. The word says, Ephesians 3.19, you must be filled with all the fullness of God. That is the Bible. There are many other scriptures. John chapter 10 verse 34 says, if the word comes to you, you are God. The prophet of God says, you are an amateur God. This is what the word is saying about you. For you to have faith to overcome the enemy, have faith in what the word says about you. Just, just receive what the word says about you. And he says, so he what what Adam lost was his Godship. So God made man a little God. God said so himself. That you are God. That's what he said to Moses. You know Exodus chapter 7. You will go to them. And Aaron will be your prophet. So when 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 Moses was God to the children of Israel, that was the only place they could find God. In Exodus chapter 19, 2019 or 1920, you can read it at home. They want to defy that order of God. You take too much upon yourself. We are also God's children. And God says to Moses, they are not fighting against you. They are actually fighting against me. You step aside, I'll deal with them. Because I am the one who placed the order Moses is God unto them. And when they saw the mountain thundering and lightning, no, 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 let God not speak, we'll hear Moses. You listen to your pastor. You know, Amen. I've, I've got it there in, in, in COD. And it's a quotation that you know. Where the prophet says, which has greater authority? An angel in heaven? Or an angel behind the pulpit? He says the answer is the angel behind the pulpit. He has greater authority. Have confidence in him and listen to what he says to you. He is the order that God has placed here. You, you can't bypass him. Unfortunately, that's the order of God. 
let's go towards the end. So when, when we see ourselves in him, when we see who we are, when, when we can, you know, the, the prophet always says, the problem with a mule is that it cannot trace itself. It doesn't know who its mama is or its papa is. That's because it doesn't look like either of them. It doesn't like because it's a mixture. It's got got an identity crisis. So, the the important thing for us, and and, and, and that is is the problem with man. A man who is not connected back to God has an identity crisis. They do do the funniest of things because they have an identity so you know the book of Luke chapter 17 talking about the prodigal son he had an identity crisis when he left his father's house he was squandered his inheritance so much so that he ended up eating with swine for a Jew to, not to eat swine, but to eat with swine. It's the lowest position a Jew As it is, they don't touch anything to do with, with, with swine. Now, for him to even live with them and eat their food, he had fallen to the worst position he could find himself in. Serious identity crisis. But, but that did not change the fact that he was Amen. a son. Even in that worst of positions, he was still a son to his father. The Bible says, and when he came to himself, I love that He came to a spot within himself which reconnected him back to his father. Because as we read earlier on, when I became a part of my father, I became all of my father. When I became part of God, I became all of God. So, there is a part in you that is of God. And all you have to do is to come back to that. And when you come back to yourself, you can, like the prodigal son, say, I shall rise back to my father's house because in my father's house even the seven has more food than I have and I am a son in my father's house and when he came back home he felt so ashamed he said to his father even if I can just be a servant but he was not a servant he was a son in the house had to, to, to hug him and give him the, the best robe and, and, and make a great occasion for him because his son has come back home. In him, he carried the genes of his father. He carried the seed of his father. And his father could not deny him. So even when we were in our west 
sinful condition. We carry the power of God in us. We carry the gene of God in us. And the word of God came to show us who we are. And then we came to ourselves. And when we came to ourselves, we could trace ourselves back and see that we come from God. Oh, we are here because we bypassed our theophany. That's why we have this spiritual amnesia. But we come from God and we go back to God. And this word came back to us again. And we could recognize who we are. Sons and daughters of God. You know the prophet of God says. Somebody may say. Oh, the William Branham. Oh, William Branham. He's a rascal. That one. We had a heart. And they know that William Branham of old. But he says in me. There were two natures. One nature of God. One nature of sin. But down there. Down somewhere. There was always a speck of eternal life. Of eternal life. And it was there all the time. He says there was another William Brennan, which is a little spot of eternal life down there. There is another you, another part of you, and there is a spot of eternal life. That is the genes. Of God. That is the word of God. That He Himself placed in there. And when you can recognize that, you like Him can say, I realize that I'm not a child of Charles and Hannah anymore. Because there's something calling on the inside. I am not a child of my mother and father anymore. I belong to God. My inheritance is heaven. There is a part of me that is God. I have lived too long as a man. Now I'm going to become God. I realize that I am a God man. There is a speck of God in me. And I carry with me. Amen. The genes of God. Oh, what a position. What a position. To carry the genes of God. To carry the blood of God. Because the Bible says we were saved by the blood. That is what has brought us back. It's not so much the chemical. But it's the life of God. And when the life of God. Was expressed. It came back in us. When, when that sacrifice the Lord Jesus Christ was accepted his life came back in us when we accepted a son and daughter of God carrying the genes of God oh I feel like singing that song brother Smoo oh yes oh yes I'm of child, child of the king. Amen. His royal blood 
Hallelujah. Amen. How many are blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. All these things. It was just to introduce you to yourself. Hallelujah. Amnesia is very dangerous. It can make you to live below your God-given privileges. But this morning, we have been reminded of who we are. Hallelujah. Amen. Are, are, are you not happy this morning to know that you, you carry God in you? You know, if, if a believer can know who they are, the devil is in so much trouble. Hallelujah. Just say to your neighbor, I'm just an amateur God. An amateur God. It's a special designation. Uh, I would rather be an amateur God than to be chief executive officer. Because being a CEO is a fallible title. But being an amateur God, uh, being an amateur God, hey, sometimes I've got to pinch myself when I hear these things. Who am I, God, for you to tell me these things? Do you know that there are more people more deserving than you are? But God handpicked you. And say, this man, this woman, I shall reveal these things unto them. Hallelujah. I'm very much thankful this morning. God bless you, brother Sepiso. It was quite a masterpiece. Just a round of applause for the I think, brother, we can say, Nizulbo. Let's just be thankful in his presence. You know, when you are reconnected with your maker, everything gets nullified. Hallelujah. Your troubles get nullified. Your struggles get nullified. Your diseases get nullified. When you are connected with your maker. That's a relationship that will supersede any relationship. You and your God. The prophet said the whole thing is about God and man becoming one. Let's just come with it. Let's just be thankful this morning. Uh, you, you know, what were we going to preach if God didn't send the prophet? I've sampled what Muslims are preaching. It made me to be pitiful. 
I've looked at what the watchtowers are preaching. But it's only the message that can come and say, you are an amateur God. And no wonder the devil hates this message. But he will be defeated by this message. Because it was not man-made. Come with it. Let's just be thankful after such a wonderful word. Amen.
bless your name. I bless your name.
truly grateful, Lord, that we can be in this house today, Lord. Truly, Lord, it's only you that has brought us here, Lord. Nothing in this world, Lord, would bring this flesh to come to church, Lord. Our flesh is weak, Lord. Our flesh fails, Lord. But it's only you, Lord God. And we're so grateful that we can hear the word of God this morning, Lord. That it was you before the foundation of the world, Lord. And, oh, Lord, even in the great fall in Eden, O Lord, the Garden of Eden, you sought out the plan, Lord, the redemption plan, O Lord. And you kept our names, Lord, in your mind. In your, our names were written in your, in your palm of your hand, O Lord. Yes. And, Lord, through the ages, O Lord, it went, Lord. But there on the cross, O Lord Jesus, there where the blood flowed, O Lord, there where you died for us, Lord. There where, Lord, your, your, the straps that were put on you for our healing, O Lord. That's where the connection came, our yes. Lord. And we're so grateful, Lord, that we can be here today, Lord. You chose us, Lord. We didn't come here on our own, our Lord, but it was you, our Lord God. And we're so grateful, Lord, that we can be here, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May you be the after speaker, Lord. Lord, may we go home, Lord, realizing, Lord, we are a peculiar people, Lord. We don't belong to this world, our Lord. We are just here walking through, our Lord. As we heard, Lord, we are just here as sinners, Lord, to bring that attribute in you out, Lord to be the Savior, Lord. Lord, if we can have eternal life with you, Lord. Thank you so much for what you've done for us, Lord. Lord, may we not look back and, as your word says, a man in the plow, he doesn't look back to where he's plowing. He looks forward, our Lord. And we look forward to the promise, our Lord. Lord, that you have done it for us, our Lord. May we live today and the week to come, our Lord, with you on our minds, our Lord. The great promise is ours. The victory is ours. You've done it all for us, our Lord. May your will be done further together, Lord, and bless our brother, Lord. Help him, O Lord, and give him the strength back that he needs, O Lord. Go with us further and let thy will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus. 